0: Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and welcome to Shear Jeshub. Shear Jeshub is an in-depth Bible study program brought to you by the Church Fellowship of Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. My name is Patty Scalzo, and my husband Greg Scalzo is pastor of Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle. He is currently teaching a series on the important topic of heavenly authority. Pastor has been focusing on the life of Samson, and so we were in the Old Testament in the book of Judges, chapter 13 and verse 5, where Samson's mother is told by the angel of the Lord that her son will be a Nazarite who would begin to deliver Israel out of the hands of the Philistines. Pastor Greg also went to the book of Numbers chapter 6 for an explanation of the Nazarite vow of separation. So with our hearts open for what the Lord has for us, let's join Pastor Greg as he continues with his Sunday sermon.
1: Notice the vow is normally for a certain period of time. It's a temporary situation. It's for a time. That's why when the vows period is over, he goes and he presents the sacrifice. He shaves off the head and he or she is released. The Old Testament does not tell us the typical number of days. But the Mishnah, the Jewish law, places the length of time normally as 30 days. Sometimes there was a double vow lasting 60 days or even a triple vow lasting 90 days, even up to 100 days. But it was still temporary. It was a condition a person would take the vow for a certain period of time. They were not lifelong Nazirites. But here, Samson is a Nazarite to God from the womb. And we said the other two that we know about, making three in the scriptures, Samson, Samuel, and John the Baptist, dedicated the vow taken by their parents, lifelong A perpetual Nazarite. This word, Nazarite, is an interesting word, Uh, nausea. You find it in Genesis chapter 49. When speaking about Joseph, in verse 26, Jacob prophesies, "...the blessings of your father have excelled the blessings of my ancestors." up to the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. They shall be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him who was separate, and that word there is nausea, the Nazarite, separate from his brothers. He was separated. We know how Joseph was separated from his brothers. And that Nazarite, that word, embodies separation. There is another who was also a man of separation, one separated from his brothers. If you go into the New Testament, one very similar to Joseph, in Matthew chapter 26, in verse 26, it says, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Listen to that vow. But I say to you... I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. That's a Nazarite vow. That's a vow of separation. I will not drink of the fruit of the vine. And this man of separation, he experienced separation coming to us because he was separated from the glory of heaven. He was separated from the very presence of his father to come down and become one of us. And here, with this Nazarite vow, he's proclaiming that he would be separated from his brethren. There would be a time when he would be apart from us before he would return. Certainly he suffered separation on the cross from his father when he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was a man of sorrows. He was familiar with suffering. And here he will be separated from his companions. And the whole purpose of the separation of Jesus Christ is what? To reconcile us, to bring us back to God. He becomes separate that we might become one. He becomes separated on that cross from the Father that we might be brought to the Father. He becomes separated from the world that as his church, he can work his work in us, and ultimately come back and reconcile the whole universe unto God. And you can imagine when he comes into that temple. You know, I believe the images of pictures of Jesus with the long hair are accurate. I can't prove this from the Bible, except from this verse. But I believe that that shroud that, that some people make fun of, I believe it truly is the linen cloth of Jesus Christ. And it's an accurate image The men that had Nazarite vows in those days would put their hair in a ponytail, and that's exactly what that shroud shows in the back. And that was probably the basis of all the artwork that came throughout the centuries showing Jesus with the long hair. Very likely, the Lord, knowing this vow he would take, that he would be separated, was indicated to his disciples at the end of his ministry by the hair growing long that he was now a man of separation that he was a Nazarite for a time, for all these centuries. And when he comes into that rebuilt temple, when he comes through that east gate in Jerusalem, when he returns, I believe that hair of the separation will be cut off and thrown into the fire of the peace offering, proclaiming peace for eternity as the Son of God takes the throne that's rightly his. And the time of separation is finished. And you know, the Nazarite... Cannot go near a dead body. Cannot touch a dead body. Could have nothing to do with the corpse. So when they take the Nazarite, and they crucify him, and they kill him, and they put him in a tomb, he cannot have anything to do with death. Death cannot hold him. And that body is resurrected because there is no death in him. Even dead, he becomes alive. He is indeed dead the ultimate Nazarite. And we should look forward to the return and the finishing of this vow he makes to Peter and to James and to John and those disciples in that room when he says, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Praise the Lord. We look forward to that day of the great feast, of the banquet, when Jesus drinks the wine anew with us in his kingdom. Let's go back to Judges chapter 13. Verse 6. So the woman came and told her husband, saying, A man of God came to me, and his countenance was like the countenance of the angel of God. Very awesome. But I did not ask him where he was from, and he did not tell me his name. And he said to me, Behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. Now drink no wine or similar drink, nor eat anything unclean, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. Notice the baby's alive from the womb to the day of his death. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord and said, O my Lord, please let the man of God whom you sent come to us again and teach us what we shall do for the child who will be born. Look at Manoah's heart. Even in this dark time of apostasy for Israel, when we discuss the time period of the judges, Manoah is a man who believes. He believes much quicker than Zacharias believes, right, in the temple. He believes. He believes when the wife tells him about this angel of the Lord. He believes God can do this miracle, and though they're barren, bring forth this child. He believes it so much that his prayer goes beyond having the child, but rather, how do we raise the child? Send them back to teach us what we shall do for the child who will be born. How do we do it? How do we instruct him? Manoah is not only a faithful Israelite, but he's a faithful father. He's concerned with the responsibilities of fatherhood. He wants to do it right. Send him back that we can find out how we should raise this child. Verse 9, And God listened to the voice of Manoah. And the angel of God came to the woman again, as she was sitting in the field. But Manoah, her husband, was not with her. Then the woman ran in haste and told her husband and said to him, Look, the man who came to me the other day has just now appeared to me. So Manoah arose and followed his wife. When he came to the man, he said to him, Are you the man who spoke to this woman? And he said, I am. Manoah said, Now let your words come to pass. What will be the boy's rule of life and his work? Let your words come to pass. I believe it. Let it happen. But tell me, what will be the boy's rule of life and his work? How do we raise him? What should his work be? What is his rule of life? And the angel repeats what he said to the woman earlier. Verse 13. So the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, Of all that I said to the woman, let her be careful. She may not eat anything that comes from the vine, nor may she drink wine or similar drink, nor eat anything unclean. All that I commanded her, let her observe. The boy is to be a Nazarite. The boy is to have this vow of separation, but she's got to be careful while the baby's inside of her. The commandment to the mother to be careful with that baby that's in your womb. She may not eat unclean. She may not drink wine. If the boy's a Nazirite, why does she have to do it? Because the boy is alive in her womb from the moment of conception. And if he's to be a Nazirite from the moment of his existence in this world, The vow doesn't start when he's born. The vow starts from the moment he's in the mother's womb. Just like John the Baptist leaped with the Holy Spirit in Elizabeth's womb, that individual is there.
0: Praise the Lord for his excellent and most holy word. We will leave our study at this point today, and we thank you for being with us. I know in today's unbelievably busy world it is difficult to find the time to write, but your words of encouragement are greatly appreciated. Also, if you feel prayerfully led of the Lord to help support the church fellowship outreach of She'er Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, your donations would also be greatly appreciated. Please send all correspondence and make out all donations to She'er Jeshub Christian Tabernacle. That's S H E A R hyphen J A S H U B. Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. Once again, that's Shear hyphen Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. And if you are going to be in the Madison, Connecticut area, I would like to invite you to join us for Sunday service. Shear Joshua Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning for Bible study, praise, worship, and the Lord's Supper at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Memorial Town Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Take I-95 to exit 61. Go down to Route 1, turn right, and at the next light, turn right again we are in the yellow brick and white building please join us for our next broadcast of sheer jashub